ተ ወይራድካየንሸ ፍላሽንሽለ ተችኒባሽቺን አሽይደሽቺ ቢታኒደሽነለ ማይ ኔም ኢዝ ወይራድካይ ኢን ዩ አር ሊስኒንግ ቱ ዘ ዊንድን ሪዝን ፖድካስት ኤፒሶድ 4 This week I want to address a phenomenon that is crucial for us as Dine to understand that being the departure of the Dine the holy people Though I wanted to wait until I developed the framework of this podcast but I am increasingly concerned on the social media spread of these events that claim to have seen manifestations of holy beings or anomalous sightings of unidentified flying objects as well as paranormal visitations I have a feeling that in the coming decades there will be more of these events some without rational explanation and due to social media and the recent endeavor to reinvigorate indigeneity people without question will bestow a blanket of trust on these claims as if we were heading in the right direction but be advised even if these claims are legitimate according to our creation story these manifestations are nothing to celebrate but are indeed a message that severe anguish and affliction are coming to the people tribidation that is due to the lack of learning and living according to the purposes prescribed by the holy ones also be informed that once you know this For warning your family and friends about these types of events may position you for seclusion as it would be interpreted as anti-dine, anti-cultural, for some reason anti-scientific, narrow-minded, and even put you at odds with other indigenous cultural activists. Even those designated as teachers and cultural experts have adorned these events completely convinced that they symbolize healing and restoration. I do believe there will be absolute restoration at some point in the future. but we must be vigilant on these occasions and keep them in context of our creation narrative. I've chosen not to name any particular people or events out of respect, and I do not want to seem as if I'm discrediting anyone's experience. And before we proceed with the story, I do want to make a brief distinction. I'm not merely talking about visions. I believe all people may have visions that are beneficial to them and edifying to their communities. What I am discussing here is actual manifestations and appearances of these beings. This is what we must be wary of in the coming times. Today we are going to be reading from Navajo Indian Myths by Aileen O'Brien, which is a transcription of Sandoval, Old Man Buffalo Grass, Hastings Osei, recorded in 1928. In the Mind's Awakening episode, we spoke about Sandoval and his reasoning for recording these events. If you have time, re-listen to that segment on episode 2. Now open up your book to page 111 and we will read subsection The Departure of the First Four Holy Ones and subsection The Departure of the Holy Beings. Again the sun spoke. First man and first woman. The coyote who was formed in the water and coyote Otsk eh first angry. These first four must go to the east beyond the place of the sunrise. They must travel to a place called Dorotos. He said that they were to sit there with their backs toward the sun, and the sun was not to look upon first woman again because he had married her daughter. For even though he had not given birth to the white bee baby, she was considered her mother. The sun said to his people, "This must be your custom. You must not look upon your mother-in-law if you disobey me." And if you see each other, the punishment will be blindness, weak heart, and even death. After the first four being started for the east, first woman turned back and said, "When I wish to do so, 
I will send chest colds and disease among your people. When I wish to do so, I will send death, and the sign will be the coyote. The old men say that when coyote howls, many people cough. The belief is current that certain appearances of coyote foretell death. So the first four ones went east and they took all their powers with them. The sun spoke again. When anyone thinks he sees me, he will see me. Because it will mean that there is an enemy in the country. Then people will suffer from enemies. And the son returned to his home and took all his powers with him. In Hashjalteh, and all his holy people said, If anyone sees us, it will also be a sign that an enemy is coming into the country. If he hears us call, the same person will be killed by an enemy before the day is over. And so saying, they all returned to their home, and all their power went with them. They were never seen again. Now if anyone thinks he sees one of the holy beings, it will not be for the good of the people. It is considered a bad omen. A note here and glimpse into Dine cosmology. That is the understanding of death. In the Navajo worldview, death isn't seen as incidental, nor is it due to merely naturalistic reasons. Death, as well as life, has a direct connection to the spiritual processes that we are unable to fully comprehend. This may seem odd to younger natives who are drenched in scientific explanation, which is fine, but understand that there are metaphysical operations that underlie all contiguous reality. This is what our ancestors prioritized, meaning the condition of the earth mirrors the condition of our spirit. This may set us apart from the majority of contemporary indigenous thought and may set some of us up for cancellation. But if our ancestors were to see what has happened to our people, it is unlikely they would centralize blame on colonization or white supremacy. Sure, those are factors but they would ask what has happened to our minds. How have we become so consumed with thoughts of hatred and violence? Whether it's violence and ignorance or in retribution, either would be certainly questionable. If our concern is for our people, then why are our elderly forsaken and children go hungry in our communities? Why are we so obsessed with the little devices that we seem to carry around everywhere? If we carry our phone everywhere, simply for social media, and we do not consider carrying food to those in our own street, then something has to be wrong. Something has to be wrong when you cannot simply do a good deed without having to post it on every public platform. This goes for all of us, and myself included. Sandoval at this point has seen his people assimilate in various ways, but as it was once said, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Thereby, assimilation is certainly a detriment, but you remain of right mind. It is when we begin to allow assimilation to dictate our values and view of our own people, then that is when we digress into a condition of disorder. This must have weighed heavy on Sandoval, considering that he learned these stories when he was a young man. Now as an old man, he has seen how these ancient stories manifested into a living reality in his own lifetime. And in wisdom, foreseeing the first wave of sickness enter the sacred boundaries of Deneta. The sickness? Tuberculosis. In 1989, the CDC published a report entitled Tuberculosis Among American Indians of the Contiguous United States. 
which gave a historical report on the matter. It was written by Hans L. Ryder, November to December 1989, Volume 104. It reads, From 1870 to 1936, the Navajo population increased from 18,000 to 50,000. A study of 4,826 admissions to Sage Memorial Hospital in Ganado, Arizona in the 1930s ranked tuberculosis fourth after influenza, trachoma, and tonsillitis. It accounted for 3% of all admissions. By the end of the 1950s, the Navajo numbered 85,000. In 1950, tuberculosis was one of the leading causes of death on the Navajo reservation. There was only one hospital with 100 beds for the entire tribe. In case finding programs had to abandon because patients could not be cared for. Estimates of active tuberculosis range from 2 to 3% and 50 to 60% of 6 to 10 year old children were tuberculin positive for an average annual risk of infection of about 9%. It is hard to say if there were any sightings of holy beings in the turn of the 20th century but it certainly was a concern for Sandoval. There must have been clear signs that something was wrong, that an enemy had entered the borders of the sacred mountains, something invisible and vicious. I wonder if Sandoval, among other Diné storytellers and medicine people, knew in their hearts that a deadly cough would desolate the Earth's surface people. What is more compelling is when I brought this story up to one of my colleagues who is a traditional liaison for the healthcare facility I work for, she responded by saying medicine men were warning people of a coming sickness prior to the advent of COVID-19. In other words, a full century later after this recording, Sandoval's warning is still relevant as this infectious disease spread rapidly throughout the Navajo Nation, affecting the lungs of our people once again. But what were the warnings? The warnings were all around us. In every account and rumor we hear of holy beings being seen in various locations. Whether it is interpreted as a UFO, an angelic beam of light, or a manifestation of humanoids. Do not be so quick to brag or post to social media on how blessed you are or how decolonized you are to miraculously be chosen as a witness to such anomalies. Rather, you should be alert and ready to forewarn our people. We are not living the way the Holy Ones intended. We simply cannot rely on mere cultural expressions of our identity but we must have an internal change with our minds. Otherwise, as we'll see, something is coming. There's a sickness looming on the borders. An enemy has come to destroy us. He walks about the earth like a hungry wolf, waiting anxiously to devour the earth's surface people, those who are chosen to protect this earth. This enemy, like a thief will steal the breath out of our elders and bring down even those who are strong-bodied. But the question is, how would we know when the time comes? How would we know when the next wave of desolation may be? We must refer to our creation story. First woman tells us, When I wish to do so, I will send chest colds and disease among the people. When I wish to do so, I will send death and the sign will be the coyote. This is episode four of the Wind and Reason podcast.